The Bala Sulam, Rabbi Hudalev Ashlag, taught his students the path of serving God as he himself had received it from his sages in an unbroken tradition. These teachings were largely given over orally and form an essential accompaniment to his vast written work. Many of these oral teachings were given over at the festive meals that took place on the Shabbat and festivals. Following the Hasidic tradition, Rabbi Ashlag would arrange his table. That means the act of eating the Yom Tov meal with the rabbi was conducted in all holiness. It was eaten in silence. And then Rabbi Ashlag, his whole essence lit with drekut, would begin to expound on the inner meanings of the holy day, the spiritual light associated with it, and its implications for the inner work. Following the festival, some of the students would write down from memory what they had heard. The chief scribe was Rabbi Bauch Ashlag, Rabbi Ashlag's firstborn son. On the festive meal of the night of Shavuot, 1948, the year of Israel's independence, the Baal Sulam said, The giving of the Torah was not an event which took place at one moment in history and then stopped, but the spiritual principle of there is no absence in spirituality applies. That is to say, the giving of the Torah is an eternal act that never ceases, for God is always giving. The only changes that occur, occur in the receivers. From the part of the giver, there is no change. If we ourselves do not receive the manifestation of God as he revealed himself on Mount Sinai, we have to say that it is because we ourselves are not fitting to receive such a revelation of the light of God. However, at the event of the revelation of Mount Sinai, we were the receivers of the Torah. And this tells us that the community of Israel were then in a fit state in which to receive the Torah. What do we know of their state? In Exodus chapter 19, verse 2, the scripture states, And they journeyed from Ephidim and came to the wilderness of Sinai. They encamped in the wilderness. This sentence is stated in the plural. They journeyed, they came, they encamped. But the verse continues in the singular. And there Israel encamped before the mountain. The sages Relating to this usage of the singular verb encamped, teach us that their encampment at Mount Sinai was as one man with one heart. That is to say, the community of Israel reached all one mind, one intention, and were fit to receive the Torah. From the part of the giver, there are no changes, for the giving of the light is eternal. The only changes are in the receivers. Rabbi Israel, the holy Baal Shem Tov, may his memory defend us, taught that a person is obliged to hear the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai every day. This is the part of the talk that we're going to consider today. So Rabbi Ashlag is saying here that the giving of the Torah on Mount Sinai was not a one-time event, but the giving of the Torah is an eternal state that never stops, for Hashem may be blessed, always gives. 
The question, therefore, is why are we now not fit to receive the Torah? And what must we change within ourselves in order that we should receive the manifestation of the Word of God, so that we should fulfill the injunction of the Baal Shem Tov, that the revelation of God should become such a real and actual experience for us that we would be receiving the Ten Commandments every day. As we learn in the Kabbalah, the vessel for the light of God is the desire for that light. For a person to desire something, he first of all needs to recognize that he lacks it, then that he needs it, and this leads him to desire or long for it. A person comes to long for Torah when he feels he cannot live without it, when his life is not worth living unless he gets Torah. What brings him to this desire? It is the recognition of the evil within him. When a person sees the extent of his own evil, of his own ego, his own selfish desires, and how they are damaging him and his relationships, he cries out to God to help him. How can God help him? What is the cure for his own will to receive? From his own bitter experience, he has struggled and failed. What can he do? But the sages teach us, I created the evil inclination. I created the Torah as its healing spice. In other words, although God did create the will to receive oneself within us, he also gave us the remedy, the holy Torah, which has a special virtue of overcoming the will to receive oneself alone. The sages go on to say, The Tana of the house of Rabbi Ishmael taught, My son, if the knave, the evil inclination, wounds you, drag him to the study house. If he is a stone, it will melt. If he is as iron, then it will shatter. As tis said, concerning the words of the Torah, They are like the words of fire, said the Lord, and like the hammer will shatter the rock. Jeremiah chapter 23 Just as the rock is shattered by the hammer, so the study of the Torah can overcome the evil inclination, even if it is hard like iron. If it is stone, it can be worn away. As it says about the Torah, Behold, all who are thirsty come to the water. And it says the stones were eroded by the water in Job. That is, the water is a stronger power than the stone. Thus the Talmud teaches us that the Torah itself has the power of overcoming the evil inclination, which, in the language of the Baal Sulam, is called the will to receive oneself alone. Indeed, as the following Midrash tells us, this was the reason for us getting the Torah in the first place. When Moses ascended on high, the ministering angels spoke before the Holy One, blessed be he. Lord of the universe, what business has one born of a woman amongst us? He answered, he has come to receive the Torah. They asked him, you desire to give this to flesh and blood? The Holy One, blessed be he, said to Moses, answer them. So Moses said to them, do you feel jealousy? Do you have an evil side to your nature? However, there is a psychological principle that was first denoted in Proverbs. Love covers over all transgressions. Since we instinctively love ourselves, it is very hard indeed for us to see our own defects, even to see that we have a will to receive ourselves alone. Hmm, we can easily spot it in our fellow. But me? 
We don't see our own selfishness or our own ego desires. In fact, we deny them or project them onto our fellow. To be able to truly see our own defects is also a gift from God. In order to come to realize that we need the help of the Torah, that we long for the Torah to help us, in order to deal with our evil inclination, we first need to see that we have one and that it is doing us harm. Indeed, it is only through the light of the Torah that we can see the will to receive for ourselves in the first place. Once the Baal Salam was asked, what do we gain from the light of the Torah? And he answered, it is the light of the Torah that enables us to see our will to receive for ourselves and to see that it is damaging us. Only through the light of the Torah do we begin to see how much damage it causes us and that we need to transform it. The sages commenting on the text in Jeremiah chapter 16, they have forsaken me and have not kept my Torah, said, If only you would forsake me, but keep my Torah, for the light that is in it will turn you to the good way. If we come back to our original scenario of the children of Israel encamped as one man with one heart opposite the mountain, we have to ask ourselves, what brought them to this incredible state of unity? Indeed, Rashi teaches us that this encampment was unique in this way, all the other encampments being accompanied by the usual strife and arguments encountered with large groups of people everywhere. How did they achieve this unity? For remember, 600,000 people who are all as different from each other as their faces are different from each other. Indeed, it is because the souls have different characteristics that our faces are different. We can get a clue about the inner meaning of this unity from the Parashat HaShavuah we have just read, Nasa, in which each head of the tribe brought his sacrificial offering on the occasion of the dedication of the sanctuary. The Torah details each individual offering. But without exception, they turn out to be the same. Twelve times it tells us the name of the prince and what he brought. And twelve times it says exactly the same details. Why didn't it just say that they all wrote the following and told us in one go? The answer is given by the Ramban. The Torah is teaching us that each prince thought carefully what he should give and embodied within his gift the thoughts and intentions as given to his own particular tribe by Yaakov Avinu. Each tribe according to his own unique characteristics. They gave their gifts from within their own individual attributes. And yet, because their intention was of giving unconditionally to God in purity, they achieved a miraculous unity. From this we learn that even though we are all different people with different characteristics and attributes, when we act from the intention of giving unconditionally, we achieve unity. The unity of the children of Israel before Mount Sinai implies that they had come to act from their will to give. They all came to Na'asev and Ishma, we will do and we will obey, 
even if they all got to it from very different perspectives. How did they get to this elevated state? From what we have learnt above, we know that in order to, for them to have got to this state of one man and one heart, they must have first recognised the evil within themselves and longed for its healing. Indeed, the Midrash Rabbah of Leviticus states, Israel received the Torah from within the darkness, as it says in Deuteronomy chapter 5, when you heard the voice from within the darkness. And Rabbi Ashlag teaches us, it is from within their inner darkness. From what we have learnt, we have to say, they could only have recognised their inner darkness through the agency of the Torah itself. Did they receive Torah before Mount Sinai? The answer is yes. We know they received certain mitzvot before they came out of Egypt. They received the mitzvot of Pesach sacrifice and the other mitzvot relating to Pesach throughout the generations. They received the mitzvah of Rosh Chodesh. They also did Brit Milah before they left Egypt, which they had as a tradition from Abraham our father. But there was another instance when they received Torah, and not for the sake of knowing how to act in response to a specific circumstance, but in order for them to learn about themselves and prepare for the giving of the Torah on Mount Sinai. This took place in Marah. In Marah, the people cried out to Moses for water to drink as the water was bitter. This is what the scripture says, Exodus chapter 15. And the people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And he cried to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree, and he cast it into the waters, and the waters were made sweet. There he made for them a statute and an ordinance, and there he proved them. And he said, If you will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God, and do that which is right in his eyes, and give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases upon you, which I have put upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that heals you. Rashi comments on the phrase, There he gave them a statute and an ordinance. And Marah, God gave them some sections of the Torah, so they would busy themselves with them. Namely, they were given the laws governing the Shabbat, the red heifer, and laws of jurisprudence. The Ramban writes, the language of Rashi teaches that Moses taught them the mitzvot and taught them what God was going to command them in the future, in the way that God taught Avram our father the Torah, in order to familiarize them with the mitzvot and to know whether they would receive them with joy and gladness of heart. This is the trial with which God tested them at Marah. It was here they came face to face with their own darkness. Here they first had the light of the Torah to show them their own darkness and to heal them from it, to lead them to emerge at the foot of the mountain as one man with one heart. For the Torah is both a way and a destination. The Torah is simultaneously both the vessel for the light of God, which are called the garments, and the light of God himself, the wearer of the garments, the Holy Blessed One, 
As the Zohar says, the Torah, the Holy Blessed One, and Israel are one. And now we can see the inner meaning of an Israel encamped opposite the mountain, as one man with one heart. Israel is the soul. Giving unconditionally is the desire for the soul. Through the intention of coming unconditionally to faith in God and his Torah, all the souls united as one, and they encamped as one man with one heart. May it be God's will that this year we should also be blessed, that we should merit to see our own darkness, long for its correction through the Torah, and thus merit the revelation of God through his Torah, a revelation that has never ceased. This audio recording is brought to you from the Horus School, established by Yadida Cohen for the study of the Kabbalah as taught by Rabbi Yehudalev Ashlag. Studies with Yadida Cohen are available through the Horus School online. Details at www.nahoraschool.com or www.nahorapress.com.